Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Good evening, or good morning, or whatever time zone you happen to be living in. Uh, Here's another episode of Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News. I'll be your host, Keel Thor. With me are Ashley, Think Change Repeat, Stella Q, and Justin the Ism Cant. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Everybody Hello, doing everyone. right? Hello. Feeling, uh, feeling chipper today. Uh, Happy New Year. This is our first show recorded in 23. How about that? Yeah. I gotta say, Very awesome. I started the year off strong with a nap, but man, everything <laughs> has gone downhill since then. I can imagine. Naps are powerful. I can't, remember, I can't believe we're already on the third day. That's crazy. Not. Yeah. Wait a minute. Our- it's, not, it's not the third yet? It is the third. It's only it the 362 third. more days till Christmas. Wait a minute. I think, I think it's the fourth. Oh, no. It's the third. It is the third. We're recording it on the third, but it's not going to be available to anybody until whatever day Saturday is. And I think it's the fourth for Stella, though, because she's 16 hours ahead. Right, Stella? It is. I was just trying to play the game. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and bless you. want to complicate things? Yes. She's so lucky is. she gets to celebrate January 6th a day early. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Lots of celebratory gunfire for us. Right. <laughs> to, to remember all those, and stones. all those gun-toting terrorists that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Trying to overthrow my democracy. Yeah. My democracy. Speaking of terrorists, let's start with our first... No, I'm just kidding. Ashley is not a terrorist. But she does have our first story tonight. Go ahead, Ashley. Thank you, Keel. Um, I do have the first story. This is a lot of information, so I'm going to try to make it as concise as I can. And I would also like to add a note that we are going to try to do a deeper dive as a Union of the Unknowns show to cover a lot of these issues because, as we say so many times, especially Stella and I, that this is a multifaceted issue. But the, the main issue at hand, and a lot of you may know, some of what happened. However, you may not have been exposed to some of the alternative thinking or um, alternative ideas about what's going on with the story. So yesterday, which would be Monday, January the 2nd, there was a, a big Monday night football game because it was a playoff game. It was between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. And the game was just in the first quarter. And there was a lot of people watching this game. I guess it's a playoff game. It's towards the end of the season. It's Monday night and people maybe had that day off. So there was a very high viewership here, but a 24 year old player for the Buffalo Bills, Damar Hamlin went in for a, a tackle after someone had made a catch and he took a blow to the upper chest area while making that tackle. He, fell down but he bounced right back up very very quickly and it it looked totally fine and I paid attention to the replays 
nobody noticed anything different at all. Like you have these sports announcers and I do consider them experts in the game of football because they have many years of announcing, analyzing and playing at this very high level. So nobody said anything about that looking abnormal. So he took the shot, got right back up very quickly. Then he collapsed backwards. And it was to me right away, I thought it was very bad news because it had looked like some of the other collapses that we've seen with athletes or just people all of a sudden falling over. Um, so then what happened was they took a break as is totally normal when you have an injury uh, timeout in football and they came back from the commercial break and it, it looked very, very serious. There was players all around. There was the coaching staff. People looked very upset. So that was indicative to me that this was really, really bad. And it, it turned out that that was the case. So it appears that they had performed CPR on him as well as doing the AED um, shocks in order to get his heart going because his heart was not beating. And I don't think he was even breathing at that time either. And um, I believe that was for about eight or nine minutes, which is very significant. I mean, if you have, have seen any of that stuff, that's a very long time to be out. Um, so at that point, the emergency plan was activated. And a, a quick note on what the emergency plan is now granted, this part is coming from a CNN article, so it's worth checking and rechecking, but I thought this was safe enough to report back from CNN, but there's an emergency plan activated. Every team is required to have one. This means, according to this article, that the plan must be reviewed by league and player union officials and approved by outside experts before the season even starts. It requires the designation of a level one trauma center, along with the presence of two certified paramedic crews and advanced life support ambulances. So they do try to be very prepared in the event of a serious injury. So it wasn't long before the ambulance was on the field. And it, um, my understanding is that he was receiving medical care within 10 seconds of that collapse. Um, and he was then transported to the University of uh, Cincinnati Medical Center, which was the local level one trauma center. And his mother was allowed to ride with him in the ambulance. And I also thought that that was very indicative of the fact that this was very bad, um, that they actually had his mother come down from the stands and join him. So gameplay was suspended for <clears throat> after being delayed for over an hour. And immediately there was a ton of speculation. I happened to be watching it. I've paid very little attention to football this year because I just, it's not my thing anymore. I think it's distraction, whatever. Um, but at this time I actually was watching. And then I, I checked Twitter to see what was being said on there. So there was immediately a very hot debate over, um, you know, people that were beginning to suspect this could have been a vaccine injury because of the sudden collapse. And a lot of people were being very derogatory towards them about that. And they were making comments such as this is obviously like a classic case of um, a phrase that I was not familiar with, but it's commotio cordis, C-O-M-M-O-T-I-O cordis, C-O-R-D-I-S. 
but apparently it is a pretty well-known phenomenon that can happen to athletes in sport uh, sports, particularly it can happen in, you know, hockey, lacrosse, baseball, and often that's when you have a direct shot to the chest with, uh, with the ball very directly. And it's, as Monica uses the term a lot, it is a perfect storm. So it means that it catches the, the heart rhythm at just the exact wrong time. It's a high impact. Um, so a lot of people thought that it was potentially that I didn't for a couple of reasons. This is just my own personal, uh, based on my observations of what happened or what I've seen with vaccine injuries, what concerned me was the fact that he, um, where are my notes on that? I apologize for that. Oh, um, a lot of people were like, this is a classic case, da, 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 whatever. But I was listening to the announcers and what they were saying over and over and over. And every single one of them said, I have never seen anything like this. To me, that was significant because you have literally experts in the field who spend their entire career being obsessed with football and they have never seen anything like it. Now, not that you haven't had heart injuries in athletes before the rollout of the mRNA vaccinations, that's not new, but it was just very weird to me that if this was some sort of known thing um, in football, it's obviously a classic case of this, that, and the other thing that these people would not be totally stunned. They were, they did not know what to say. They were totally shocked by this. Um, so I had heard at least four of them saying, and that includes Troy Aikman, that they had never seen anything like it. Um, so there was a lot of back and forth on that. Then the follow-up uh, that I that I found or some follow-up information and analysis. So the official report was that Damar experienced cardiac arrest. CPR was CPR was administered and he was transported to the hospital. We know that. But the other things that I have heard, but not verified, were that he had a second cardiac event, which would also go against the Kamoshi Cordis diagnosis, because my understanding is that's sort of a yeah, one time yeah. thing. And then um, uh, it was very unusual for the fact that gameplay was suspended totally. I mean, this is really unprecedented. And there was a fallout for um, a sports analyst guy, Skip somebody, who had had said, this is very, this is weird, basically. You know, this is a really important game. And it, and it was. I mean, if you care about football in the playoffs and things like that, it's highly unusual. Um, but he got a lot of flack for that. Um, the other thing that is an allegation, I, I have not verified this, but that the Bills are 100% vaccinated with the possible exception of Josh Allen and Cole uh, Beasley. And so you have at least something to contribute to the fact that it could at least be associated with the vaccine. Then there is somebody by the name of Steve Kirsch, who's not a doctor, but has been involved in the research and reporting back information on the truth about the vaccines. This man is vaccinated, his entire family is vaccinated, but then um, through conversations, he discovered that a lot of people, even same household people were both vaccine injured, which should be impossible. If it was a normal vaccine that you, it would be very, very unlikely that that happened. So that tipped him off. Then he goes down the research rabbit hole. He's been associated with um, 
uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Malone and sort of that group who's pushing for transparency about what's going on in that regard. And he posted something right away and on his Substack, and he had spoken with Dr. McCullough and he wanted to get a comment from him. And Dr. McCullough did say that he originally thought it was Camosio Cordis based on what happened, but he was not 100% sure. He wanted to reserve judgment. Then he did think, based on, I guess, what else he observed and saw, that it could potentially have been vaccine related. And a lot of people make the point and it's a valid point, but it just happened at that exact perfect time. Well, tie in another bit of information from Alex Berenson, um, who is another researcher reporter who has tried to, to post some of the truth about what's going on here. And he said today, that there has been precedent for a couple of athletes, rugby athletes, to have had a very similar thing happen, but the difference was that there um, was myocardial scarring. So what his quote is a differential diagnosis may be possible, meaning that it's possible if we were to get the truth that we could potentially discern whether or not this was truly commotio cordis or whether it was something like that, but actually he was already struggling with myocarditis from which would be uh, and has been heavily associated with the shot. And then um, there's one last note I wanted to make here that Dr. Robert Malone chimed in on this as well. And he said that commotio cordis has a known predisposition pre excuse me predisposing conditions and these should have been caught if these players especially in this um industry where you have really elite players and they have the best medical care that money could provide um that that would have typically been something that would have been noticed and then the other factor that i was reading about this is that a lot of times it happens in younger athletes and i really didn't see um, an instance of that happening in the NFL in certainly any time recently. So uh, I know that's a lot of information and um, I hope that wasn't too painful to listen to, but there's a lot going on with this story. That is a huge pile of information. Yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Justin? Uh, it's just crazy to me how in this very short period of time, normal, they're like, just people randomly you guys remember those videos that were coming out of china when covid was first thing just people just walking down the street and falling over yeah mm -hmm. but now that's actually happening right but that's and that's that's somehow been normalized in that very short period of time uh as to where like i don't know man like open your eyes look around people are literally dropping dead randomly everywhere uh and it wasn't happening in 2020 yeah, was that was that a little nefarious bit of predictive programming that slipped in there? Interesting. Mm. Um, I think just the fact that we're even talking about whether this could be vaccine injury or not, and it's not just our little group of four or five people talking about it. There's a lot of people talking about it. There's experts. The fact that we're even considering that it might be vaccine injury while this still is being pushed is just astounding. But uh, either way, um, what you said about having medical 
uh, crews on the side ready to come in and they're very fast because they're there, you know, especially. I wonder if that's something perhaps you could look into, um, whether that has been increased in the last hmm. 12 months or so, you know, like a bit, a bit more, a bit more equipment, a few more people perhaps start to be something worth looking into. Are they expecting this more so now, which would be rather telling. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. That's a, that's a good point. In what I have seen so far, I didn't see an indication that they had increased um, the amount of medical teams, but it, it sounds like they, that just as part of protocol that that has become the standard, but I cu couldn't say if that's a new standard to 2022. I will say I haven't seen anything about it. And I did have one more thing that I wanted to add um, about that. Steve Kirsch that I meant to add had added um, an update to his Substack, and he actually believes that Hamlin is brain dead and that he thought it was very serious. First of all, he said that someone told him that at the, um, the hospital parking lot that someone said, I don't know who that was, that they did not believe that this person was going to recover from this. And then he also thought that it was very ominous that we had not received any updates on his condition other than he was intubated, they got his breathing going again, and that he was sedated and in, I believe, critical condition. Um, so I, and I, I do not mean to be callous by speaking about, you know, somebody like this. It's, it's really, really sad, but it sounds like at least Steve Kirsch thinks that this young man is not recovering from what happened to him and that he's brain dead at this point. That is a tragic story. It is. Very sad. Yeah, it's the irony too, isn't it? You know, all through this, it's like COVID killed everybody, including gunshot victims and car accident victims and, and all that. But uh, the vax is the last resort we go through for all these died suddenlies. It's just like exactly. they've just flipped it so beautifully, haven't they? The whole black and then white. No, I'm going to say something controversial here uh, because I, I don't think I've, I've mentioned it, but, you know, we, we have all of these died suddenly people and I haven't watched that movie, that documentary. So I'm, I'm probably am missing a lot of information, but in my, that during would be the, the Stu Peters died suddenly documentary. Yeah. Okay. Just in case someone out there doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, but it, I hear it's really great. Um, so in, in my research during COVID, I was looking at statistics and study results and reading all this information that news articles leave out. You know, they, they give you a headline and you're supposed to take that as, as is and then not look any further. But I always look further. And uh, one of the, well, not one, but several of the studies, uh, and but one of the main points that always stuck in my mind was that, yeah, the, the COVID vaccine does have side effects. Absolutely. They, they're, they're rare, but they still happen. And nobody wants to talk about that because it would scare people away from getting vaccinated, right? That, that's the government's line. They want to make sure everybody gets vaccinated. But the other thing that I think is talked about even less is that COVID itself produces a lot of these same side effects. After you have COVID, 
you there's an increased rate of myocarditis, for example, and all these other things. I couldn't tell you which one is worse. Um, it's, I, it's an important point to keep in your mind. That it is. These people um, have fallen over dead. Maybe it's not just the vaccine. Maybe it's COVID itself, which is well, still horrific. And where did that we, information come from, though? Well, I just I wanted to chime in that it it is worth having a discussion and doing some more research before we get into it. But my understanding is that it's actually been debunked a couple of times that myocarditis is not associated with just having COVID. Um, so that's something that we can, you know, I would want to look into it a little bit more, but I have seen several times that there is not a correlation with people having COVID, even though we were made to believe that when at the height of COVID, it was something that I was concerned about myself and about the heart issues. But my understanding is that there is not a correlation between having COVID and getting myocarditis. And of course there's, there's very, um, correlated issue of getting the vaccine. But I, I do appreciate you looking at it from another angle, because I think if we really want to, to know the truth, then we need to be asking these questions. And so that's why I think that it, I want to know if we ever have transparency in what actually happened to him, that is there an indication that it was, um, you know, that he had the myocardial scarring and things like that. I, I, I definitely think it's worth that to consider because if we really want the truth, then we, you know, then we have to have these conversations. Stella, sorry. Sorry, Keel. No, that's, go ahead, Stella. No, that's all right. I, I just wanted to say, uh, these are the sort of games that the media plays though, this word association kind of games, because in a way, technically, myocarditis or my, what is it how you say it myocarditis is um it's covid related because the vaccine it's covid related isn't it so yeah, it's the spike protein is the common denominator between the two of them yeah right. they're the word games they play and it would be interesting to look into um myocarditis victims uh over the last say 12 months or so of unvaccinated people i wonder if they're keeping records of that Yes, that's the thing. They probably we are, but they're all inflated. How can we believe anything? Yeah, who knows? I mean, they're either deflated or inflated because a lot of those uh, reporting systems were severely underreported for a long time because people mm. didn't even know they existed. They weren't exactly uh, publicised, were they? Mm. I mean, so, the, yeah. the the force the forcing of the vax upon us and that the way it was marketed was horrific, but. I think yeah. possibly even worse is the idea that this thing was, you know, man-made in a lab and just accidentally, I don't know, released and nobody seems to care about that anymore. That is not trying to well, pin down the origins of where COVID came from to begin with is not a, a hot button. It's not at the a headline that, that blows my mind too. Why, why aren't we researching that more heavily? I know there's people talking about it. But, you know, Rand Paul had his whole thing, but that's all done as far as I know. I think they're still looking into it. I just don't even put much stock into it because I feel like we are not going to get the truth from anything in, you know, in that capacity. I just, I sort of have given up on, uh, on that. Was, yeah. the, was the Chinese lab a psyop? I don't know. I, th I tend to lean towards that because, um, I still go back to nobody, as far as I know, 
out of, what is it, 144 countries or something that were asked, nobody still has isolated this so-called virus. So, let, you know, I just think there's a lot of swamp going on, but we're not really looking back at the root that we possibly should be focusing on a little more. And I'm, it's a hard one because, I mean, I, I, I got sick with a, a bad flu, whatever it was, last November. It could have been that. I don't know. I've never had a test in my life. Never intend to. But I don't know what else was going on um, at the time in the area. You know, there are possibly external factors involved. I don't know. But I think, we, I think we're being gaslit with all this layer of swampness, if you know what I mean, going above the truth. <laughs> That's yeah. an obvious statement, but yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know and the I mean? other thing about the the spike protein, as Stella had said, that to our knowledge, it has not technically been ever isolated. So That's, what yeah, exactly. The spike protein that is administered or the, the genetic information that's administered into the body was made in a computer program. It's not the actual spike protein. So it essentially turns your body into making the spike protein. But, you know, we know that there has been almost zero efficacy um, or benefit, at least according to Steve Kirsch from, and I, I believe this from the vaccine and that, that even the spike protein that it's causing you to make, like, we don't even know if the real thing even exists in the wild, you know, mm. it's just such a rabbit hole of, of mm. confusion for us all to be here having this conversation of like, we don't know what the hell's going on. Even to this day, three years in, we don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's all very confusing, all the information flying around, but it's important. And I'm happy that that we're all just continuing to look at it and yep. we just got to stay informed the best we can. Yeah. And to have uh, the conversations, you know, to, to keep asking on the other side, because what I don't want to do is to become so, so dead set against or a dead set with what I think that I'm unwilling to, to see a real truth that's in front of my face. You know, I don't want to do yeah. that. So yeah. I want to continue to be able to asking those questions. Like mm-hmm. maybe COVID is a factor. Possibly. I don't think so, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. Very, very fractured. All we can say. All right. I'm going to move on. I have a completely unrelated different story to, to cleanse our palates here. Great. <laughs> so I, I saw this article and it caught my eye. Uh, Porsche, the car company, Porsche, is replacing gasoline with air and water. You guys hear about this? No. Apparently, they've they've uh, partnered with a company in Peru uh, to develop this e-fuel, uh, and it uh, combines. Basically, it works. It combines carbon from the atmosphere and with hydrogen from the wa- from water, and they create a methane, and then the methane is used to power the vehicles. Right now, it costs them about $45 a gallon to produce this stuff. So they're only going to be using it in their high-end prototypes, racing cars and stuff like that. But they are, they predict it'll be less than eight bucks a gallon in just a few years to make. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind this effort is because they don't like the idea that everybody is getting pushed into making electric vehicles and they don't want to do that because electric vehicles are lame, I guess. And so they are just switching to this essentially carbon neutral fuel because they're taking carbon out of the atmosphere in order to produce 
the fuel and then that's getting burned and putting the carbon back into the atmosphere. I um, I saw a, a little video the other day, uh, I believe it was meant to be from India, um, but it was a guy who had invented yeah, running all these little bikes, you know, those bikes that they, mopeds or whatever they are, mm -hmm. um, running them all on water. And it showed the whole setup and everything. And I assume it was legit, but I'm not a mechanic, so I couldn't really tell. Yeah. But it, it looked legit. Um, it was a little short thing. I'll see if I can find it and post it. Yeah, but, yeah the, I've, heard, I've heard of quite a bit of this happening. These and kind of stories pop up every once in a while. Some crazy guy out in wherever figures out how to create fuel out of nothing, you know? And then it never pans out. Nothing ever happens after that. Because they uh, die mysteriously. Or yeah, yeah I mean, or they were just full of shit, you know. And then you're a never heard from for questioning how he shot himself three times in the back of the head. That's it. And I was gonna say, wow, um, I hope that Porsche doesn't commit suicide after this. Well, All right. <laughs> this article came from Fox News and it's Porsche making the announcement. So I don't know, unless they're just hyping up some new thing, it's not really a new fuel or whatever. But the uh, the fuel is produced from this little factory in, oh, it's in Chile, not Peru, sorry. Um, from a, a factory that's completely powered by a single air turbine, one of those big air turbines. So it's, they've, they've gone off grid and producing this fuel for cars that just comes from water and air. That's cool. I it love. It sounds that. really neat, <laughs> but do you know if it'll, if it'll I make remember, uh, an affordable mark? I remember seeing a video of a, a, this guy that was living on an island, and he made fuel out of plastic, just like all the rubbish that was being uh, coming onto shore. Just mm -hmm. collected up. And, yeah, that's, but yeah, as as far as I know, hydrogen is is the is the future. It's not. Yeah. It's not electric vehicles, it's not lithium, and all that. I wouldn't be <laughs> hydrogen. Right. Yep. Yeah, hydro hydrogen fuel cells I've been enthralled with for a couple of decades now. I mean, that, they're just the coolest things, but they're so expensive. and They're getting close to nuclear fusion. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are. <laughs> I don't think we'll have to worry about it much longer. It's totally not just a gig to get more money. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. That's cool. That's hopeful, Kill. I mean, yeah. I hope I hope that it it is good for Porsche, and I hope that it is potentially a white pill. You know, maybe there really is a company that is not completely bought and owned by the World Economic Forum and their minions, and that we actually may have. I mean, this would be a huge form of resistance if something like that came as a potential for us plebeians to have access to. I mean, it could be mm -hmm. really big. Unless they're just going to make those cars are going to be like million dollar cars. So all the rich people get to drive <laughs> around in their gasoline while we're down here going, you know, a hundred miles yeah, per it's charge just... on those shitty electric. <laughs> it will be like that, at least in the beginning for a while. You know, the, the cars yeah. they make that do this are going to be way out of reach for normal folks, but yeah, I, like all technology, it's going to, it'll come down eventually, assuming it's a legitimate technology and they can maintain it and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Well, and it did, it did. It's probably did really guys, old tech. Did you guys know. listen to um, Joe Rogan with uh, Randall Carlson? Mm -mm. He was saying something about there are scientists in the Maldives that are working on this new energy that, you know, 
focus on vibrations and I don't know. It sounded kind of like one of those like we've created, you know, nuclear fission, an everlasting energy source, and then you never hear anything again. Yeah. Well, that's what direct energy weapons are, aren't they? What do you mean? Like microwave? They use frequency vibration. Mm. Yeah. Waves. Is yeah, that the... several different kinds? Yeah. Is that the one? So they're where using they can... acoustics as well. I mean, they're not just using like radiation and that. They're also using acoustics. Right. That's that's what it sounds to me more like. What you're describing is a sound weapon that they can use against crowds and stuff to make you vomit and pass out yes. from the vibrations. Okay, they can make that... you poo yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> On mess. <laughs> Is that the one where they, they can also put like ideas or voices in your head? Is uh, that the same? So. Mm, yes. Mm, well, that one uses, uh, I can't remember what you call it, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's focused. I don't know if it's a sound wave. I think it may be a laser wave, um, but it, yeah, it can, you can, they can uh, send a message into your brain it uses your head as an amplifier basically and and you I don't believe they have to be in like a line of sight to you which would be the case for a laser i believe it is uh, yeah, it I, I don't like the, profess to understand the science maybe through i just trust glass, it. Through glass it would depend on the material you're sending the laser through some so laser. what you're saying is that i should wear my tinfoil tinfoil hat like all the time you yes. should However, Just what you buy at the grocery store is not tinfoil. It's <laughs> aluminum foil. Aluminium foil is not aluminium. Yeah. Aluminium it foil <laughs> will actually, yes, it, it will draw more in. What you want to do is get your cans of beans and stuff and collect those because those aren't made out of aluminum, I don't think, are they? They're tin, right? The, Probably the thick, both. Thick metal steel, cans I think. Is steel. Stainless steel. Okay, well, that probably works too to block. We could forge them into hats. Yes. Yeah, just we make a practice. helmet. So make a bean can hat. Just, just glue bean cans <laughs> to your head for crying out. It would look like big curlers, and you could you would walk around. People wouldn't know any different. There you Perfect. go. <laughs> Sounds and awesome. Say, There's what definitely are you a niche in the market. It's, you you identify as you know uh, eighty year old Italian woman in New Jersey. There you go. <laughs> have to grow All right, uh, Stella, what's your story today? Um, well, it's all sort of really taking off down here in Australia as far as um, demonizing the filthy pure bloods goes, as evil, evil people. Mm -hmm. So just sort of kind of following on, I suppose, from the um, Queensland shooting. I mean, that's, that's a big part of what that was about, in my opinion. Um, was to start demonizing the sovereign citizens and the free thinkers and the critical thinkers, and the anti-vaxxers. Um, because at the time, the, the kind of comments that were being made was um, online conspiracy community would be heavily under investigation now and um, ruthless, murderous, evil, disturbed people with twisted ideas. <laughs> description. Mm -hmm. it's beautiful, isn't it? Um, attack on police is attack on society and uh, regardless of the fact that police were actually attacking society less than 12 months ago but whatever oh, you're preaching to the um, choir lady 
Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> this whole this whole thing is about preaching preaching to the choir, actually, really. But uh, FTP ACAB, yes. let's get them. All right, now. Yeah, you're gonna get us all swatted here. So apparently, last around about January, February, there was um, a Dr. Wilson Chin. His name was. He owns a um, medical practice in Queensland, and uh, this was soon after the, vac the Pfizer vaccine was passed to be able to give to children twelve years and under. And he was one of the first uh, people, I believe, it was in Australia actually to um, start administering the injections. And uh, the first two children, I believe they were sisters, either way, uh, two, two little girls that he um, injected apparently fainted in the, in the centre. Um, an ambulance had to come, etc. Apparently there was witnesses saying that the children went into violent convulsions and died in the waiting room, but then that has been said it was false information later. Either way, this um, gentleman, Dr. Wilson Chin, had been receiving death threats um, and the clinic where, that he owned was receiving you know, all sorts of threats, including the staff, and even a clinic just down the road that was mistaken for his was also receiving threats. So. Um, there was a lot of name calling by the sound of it, and um, I mean, I'm sure it's it's not a very nice thing to receive, of course. But basically, it's it's a few of these anti-vaxxers, I suppose, that go a little too far and make the rest of us look bad. But what have you? Um, Dr. Chin was on a television interview as well, um, you know, in tears about it all, um, and he was saying that he had to end up pulling out of the whole plan of giving children vaccines, which I actually wasn't even aware that was an option. So that sort of suggests that it must be an optional thing to be involved in this program. So that was an interesting point. So these people are generally willingly doing it then. Um, so yeah, they've just come down really hard on us. Um, basically just saying we're warning we're warning anti-vaxxers that um, we will not tolerate this sort of thing. Uh, people come into the practice looking for a fight about masks and vaccinations into consult consultation rooms and they're becoming dangerous places. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know really where it's gonna head, I suppose more security or something, or perhaps barring us from entering, I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, an update on all of this is that Dr. Wilson Chin ended up passing away after having a vaccination. So, um, yeah, there's obviously a fair bit of speculation going on there. That was just before Christmas he died. Uh, he was 34 years of age. And it does say that he, he had the vax and was found, was found dead and it was medically related, but not mental health related. So, um, yeah. It's, it's on, and of course, all the headlines are very, very anti-vax, anti uh, demonising. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's on, basically. I don't expect a very healthy year for us. <laughs> I think we're going to be heavily attacked this year. I just, this, just a little feeling, uh, feel a little bit unsettled about it all, but we're just going to have to, I think there's a lot more of us. We've just got to remember there are more of us than there letting us believe 
a lot more because I'm very I'm very encouraged when I look at comments under um, articles or videos of how many people are just like fully awake making comments. Um, there's always a lot of comments that aren't there as well that get censored. You know, it might say 14 comments to this replies to this comment, and there's only three that you can see. So yes, that's encouraging. But I think yeah, yeah I think we're all going to be in for a tough year. I, I think probably not just Australia. A white a white pill here is uh you know all of us have probably in this circle of us doing this podcast that when we all came together we were somewhat isolated and we all realized that we're not alone right all of these yeah. all of these uh criticisms of what the media is telling us and our feelings about should we get our children vaxxed and all these sort of things you know you're not alone out there we, you have us we're, we're here with you so that's a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've just got to really remember that and just keep, keep standing up, keep yelling yeah. at the top of our lungs. Um, I don't think it's ever going to be a point where we should stop. I, I have gone through points where I just go, what's the point? But no, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, there's th these are, this is critical people standing up for our children why they're trying it what it tells me as well this is another white pill what it tells me is that they're bloody worried because they're going to some pretty extreme measures at this point to demonize demonize us and to get favor back to the police so that's all going to work in together you know we'll be the big demons and then the police will come and get us all and they'll be like yay thank you police i don't know that's just what i feel is taking shape so your story though that you said the the doctor was administering the vaccine and there was two children that passed out and did they you say they died or not the well it sounded like there was people in the waiting room who immediately um put a story onto facebook because i'll just read this little bit that made me think that it was possibly more than just a rumor uh let me find it here <laughs> uh, but, then, but then you're saying the authorities said no that's fake news yeah look I, I i can't tell you whether they died or not because what was put on facebook was here it goes here it is um so the episode occurred while two young two young girls were under observation having each received a pediatric dose of pfizer covid19 vaccine so obviously they received it and i guess they were sitting in the waiting room because you know you got to wait 15 minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. um, the practice was soon flooded with abuse via social media and telephone calls after a second-hand account of the incident was posted to a community Facebook page and went viral, claiming that ch the children had experienced violent, violent convulsions and died in the waiting room, both of which are false. Then, mm -hmm. then it goes on. Others on the social media platform added to the misinformation, commenting that the children had been unresponsive when Ambos got there. And encouraged others online to share everywhere that sounds more witnessy to me than yeah. speculative right i don't know but yeah i mean obviously they're going to try to cover it all up but then then the doctor got a bunch of backlash from anti-vax groups correct and yes now... well, this is february last year so that's okay. fairly early in the year so they've been receiving so yes he pulled out of that program because he just couldn't take it anymore or what have you and then it wasn't until Christmas that he then passed away from the vax himself. But he was very much, he was a real vax pusher, apparently, like massively vax pushing. 
So he, I guess he believed in it. You know, we can't assume that everyone's nefarious, but yeah, some of these people actually I, believe that they're doing the right thing. But you know, what's their I, excuse I, I believe almost, you know, relatively speaking, almost nobody is nefarious. Nobody's going out there deliberately trying to kill millions of people, except for the people that are sitting around the <laughs> around the table with all the aliens and you know Elvis Presley and JFK. <laughs> you know plotting the devices the lizards the lizards right those people i wouldn't say nobody is nefarious about this um i don't think fauci is a good guy for a start but you're you're talking about down to gp level aren't you i'm I'm talking about there's a lot of scared people general population people are just you know they're they're given this information and that they trust and you know you can't blame them for that um I, I have a couple things I would like to chime in uh, with that. I, I do agree with Stella that we probably are going to see these, it, it almost seems like waves to me. So like, they're going to give us a little bit of a break on the Vax push and then they're going to come yes. back and it's going to just maybe continue to escalate. However, um, I, I do think that it's a great point and Monica made this point fairly recently also that they are the propaganda machine is running like 24 seven. It's nonstop. So they don't want us to get, I love the point that she made about, you know, maybe humans actually uh, are basically a little bit feral. Like you're you, unless you keep giving the treats and the, all that stuff that you, you're not really going to tame them. I mean, some of them, sure, but I kind of like that idea. And then the other thing that I, I do feel kind of encouraged about is the fact that the, the covalent booster uptake in this country is really, really low. I'm not sure about where it is in um, Australia, but here it is very, very low. Um, And I was encouraged by that. And then I had someone in uh, that I know in my own life, who appears to have had at least a bit of, I'm not saying that they're even close to where we're at, but basically like realizing, well, I got it and I still got sick. This doesn't, why am I gonna, you know, why am I gonna do that? So at least on people that I, I was genuinely surprised to hear that. So I felt a little bit encouraged by that. And then the other thing that I have felt a little bit encouraged by is the fact that they are talking about, you know, there's a whole psyop of whatever was going on in China. You know, they had these zero COVID policies and people were protesting and we were allowed to see the protests. And then now all of China was like, oh, well, I guess you guys are right. So then they open up and then they're like, oh, everybody in the country has COVID now, you know, and then these new restrictions are put in place by the United States and other countries that if you're coming from China, you have to have a COVID test, which we know is a lie, but that's not the point. But the fact that I was wondering if we would start to see people freaking out about COVID again, and at least in my little circle, I really have not observed that. Now, I know in some places people are still freaking out, and I know that there are people that I consider to be paid operatives online, um, JoJo from JERS, who are saying that, you know, oh, the the emergency rooms are full, you you know, they're nonstop with that stuff, but it, it feels like people are just kind of not really buying it. 
you know what's funny about that um uh jers was it jenny from jers or whatever jojo yeah jojo from jers like you could literally just take her posts and make your name being like liberty lever or like covid 1984 and post them to like liberty facebooks and people would think that you're like just being a dickhead troll yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're that yeah. ridiculous and it is over the top, but I do feel kind of encouraged by, you know, a handful of those things. And so I do hope that people and Stella, as you said, with comments, I mean, Hey, maybe we're seeing uh, a little bit of a glimmer. Now I don't want to get down the rabbit hole of like, well, we've got all this other stuff going on and know that, but at least I find that encouraging. And one more thing, there's a doctor, John Campbell, who has been kind of a hundred percent in line with the story with the shots, all this stuff. And finally, even he, and he tries to be very diligent about his numbers and explain why he's saying what he's saying. And he has even called for a halt to the vaccine program, which I thought was helpful. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I've been watching him a little bit. Um, yeah. It's interesting what you say about the, the waves that have they're doing they have to do the waves because that's the how the psychology works they can't they can't just go full on all the time because that will make it crumble i mean they've spent decades decades um studying the psychology of all this i mean think milgram experiment think the prison experiment that they did um that's just too off the top of my head mm -hmm. um mk ultra they fully understand the psyche. They know exactly what they're doing. And, and, and I remember Dr. Wen, was it? I remember Dr. Wen saying, that, what is the carrot? It's like, oh. Leanna Wen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they know there's only a small window. They have to give reprieve. It's like they have to offer a hero. It's that same thing. It's like, it's like dealing with a bunch of toddlers. We are, we are toddlers to them. Just, you know, it's... The whole psychology is well and truly from a playbook. So we've just got to rise above, be aware. And I think knowledge is power that we can only fight if we understand it. So that's that's the purpose of all exactly what we're doing now, isn't it? Well, and yeah. I think people understand and understand ourselves. To add on to what Ashley was saying, my white pill is definitely look at the world leaders. Like these people aren't impressive in the least. Um, there's no way they can they they're competent yeah they're clowns they're, they're all just under order they're all well, they, just under orders they are for sure and, well, and the mask may... is slipping so fast yes because they look it's completely ridiculous now that could be part of the plan but i do feel like people are starting to really to see like these people are absurd like trudeau you're a tyrant you're horrible we can't stand you obviously people hate joe biden he's you know it's, um i think it's getting so absurd that they're trying to tell you that it's normal to cut off your six-year-old child's dick <laughs> like i literally it's like don't that, know. You, know that, <laughs> you know you know that meme um i can't remember what it's called but that meme of the that funny little character standing there with a stick poking it's i feel oh, like yeah. I feel like it's, you know, big T them holding the stick and poking the people going, had enough yet? Like, how much further are you going to take this? Like, right. What, what else do we have to come up with? Yeah. But, and I, I do think that the other important thing is, like we said, what we're doing here, you know, we're having honest conversations 
we're not buying it. You know, even if we have some disagreements among amongst ourselves, we're still asking the questions and we're not falling in line with whatever program the the mainstream or whatever you want to call them are trying to shove down your throat into your head um you know and then by being strong during what has happened in the last three years um you know living as an example of like look i am going to continue to to be myself and staying true to yourself i think that you know there's something to be said for that there's something to be very proud of in my opinion for that especially i know some people in this chat right now had they were the only person who in their entire circle who didn't get it. Um, and that's not nothing, you know? So even as much as these people think that they understand and, and granted, I believe that they do understand a lot, but there's, I still feel like there's something really important that they are missing about the human spirit and that they will, because they are psychopaths that they will never understand that. And you can't quantify that in data stealing from us in, you know, um, all of that kind of stuff. You just can't. So something matters about that to me, at least. Yeah. Uh, I'm detecting a theme here in our show. And I think, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022, I would declare those all black pill years, but I think 2023, I'm going to say right now is going to be a white pill year. Honestly, I, I know so. I'm in the yeah, minority so. here, but my COVID years are actually pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> and you still haven't caught it, have you? I, you haven't my, it. my wife was sick uh, last week and like I made a note to like kiss her as much as I can and just like be near her because I was convinced that I wouldn't get sick. And guess what? Yeah. Uh-oh. Not even Ooh. a sniffle. Oh. <laughs> it's because of your health. <laughs> Because you're a health nut. You're, you're <laughs> disciplined. Nothing wants to really invade Justin's body. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I walk every no, day, I Justin. get sunshine, I intermittent fast every day. So, you know, like it's just a little thing. Just be, being, I think being positive is probably the best thing you can do for your health. I mean, probably walk around a little bit too, but. Speaking of positive, let's go to Justin and listen to his story. Well, so, you know, and speaking of, uh, well, I was just saying these people aren't impressive. Um, so this is from the Gateway Pundit, just a fun little uh, story to wrap us up with. Time Magazine declares that exercise is white supremacy. <laughs> um, and it's like, I honestly don't know if this is, like, right-wingers, like, 4chan kids trolling, like, Time Magazine or what. Because it's really just meme level. Uh, but uh, Natalia Melman Petrzila uh, is an associate professor of history at New York Times New School. Uh, about her book, uh, Nation, The Gains and Pains of America's Exercise Obsession. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm just going to kind of summarize it all up. Uh, she says, claims that Americans previously viewed obesity as a net positive because it signified affluence and uh, wealthier individuals had access to the most nourishment, yada, yada, yada. And up until the 1920s or so, 
uh, is when it being considered fat or bigger was actually undesirable. And I mean, it's just so silly. Uh, I, I, do people actually believe this? No. Like, there's got to be someone. I can't see how they could. What, what was there the last? Been. What was the last part you said? Up until about twenty years ago, what? Oh, that was until the 1920s. Is oh, when 1920s. they're saying like being fat was good. Uh, you know what else also happened in the 1920s? Like health, like <laughs> figuring out like what's good for the body. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure no one figured cigarettes were really that bad for you. Yeah. Uh, back we didn't then. have the statistics back then, but no, I, I, I think the, you know, the headline is ridiculous here, but the story behind the headline, uh, it, I think that's legitimate. If you read uh, a little bit about where she got the, her information, the, the lady who wrote the article, it kind of makes sense. I mean, I've always heard for years that many, many years ago, the larger you were, that meant the more wealthy you were. And that checks out with other points that I've heard in the past. You know, people didn't, didn't eat the, the calories back then that they do today. So just there wasn't as much food. If you look at uh, advertising, for example, on uh, like candy bars, like a Goo Goo Cluster, if you ever had one of those, their old ads were, you know, this is a, this is a hearty meal. You should come and eat this candy bar as a meal because it had a lot of calories and it was full of sugar and crap. So it was the calories are what mattered back then as, as to be healthy or not. Not, you know, eating vitamins and minerals and vegetables and stuff that taste bad. So that makes sense to me. Yeah, look good. But uh, the, the part about the racism, and I'll let Justin continue because I'm sure he, he did his research as well. But uh, <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say, Stella? I was just going to say that's got as much validity to me, that headline as vaxxed people are responsible for more car accidents. Yeah. I mean, unvaxxed oh. people, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. So unvaxxed people are more responsible for car accidents, according to some. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that's about as valid as that. They're just stupid, circusy, distraction garbage. Okay. (laughs) You say that, but you haven't heard her reasoning. Uh, Because she makes a pretty compelling uh, case here. Uh, So she argues that the uh, (laughs) dominant purpose behind the shift away from fat acceptance was that having healthier white women women would boost birth rates, and that was indispensable to keeping the native-born white population from losing ground to blacks and immigrants. Yep. Did I hear someone just fall over on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm just getting up. <laughs> yeah, that that's interesting actually that that angle comes up because. I was just reading something this morning about the, the forecast for Australia's population and it sounds like they've got this one figured out too because we're, if, if what is happening with adverse reactions is actually really happening and this long term it's going to affect populations if it, if it is the case, the, there's a saying that growth during the lockdown slowed due to the decrease in immigration levels. I mean, that may, may be the case to some point, but the projections are like... Um, so until immigration starts up again, until we start making it you know, attractive to have immigration again, and also uh, people are waiting longer to have fewer children later in life. So that's the way they're covering that up. So sorry to interrupt there, Justin. It's just that point. It sounds like a similar theme, perhaps. Yeah, no, and I mean, that, that was pretty much it. Um, 
it's just it's really almost a school to me how people can take any just random piece of history and then create this fairy tale about how <laughs> it's all racism yeah he's because she she read she was pulling her headline from or her and for her summary of her article whatever she wrote and handed to the what it was a time magazine right yeah uh she pulled that from a single article from some essay that was written back then and use that as the basis for the like painted the entire movement using that one source i don't think her source is fake i think that that wasn't the only reason for the for a, a change in the way people viewed physical fitness no i yeah it's um, yeah and but i think oh go, go, ahead. go ahead i was just gonna say i think too that uh, it would be worth trying to look at some old pictures of magazines and uh, and stuff like that. I don't feel like heavier people have ever been portrayed as being healthier. Now, I think there's some people that were bigger um, in paintings and stuff like that, but they're not fat, like very obese um, about or what, like what we would see in today's day and time. So I don't know that I really even believe that maybe if you just sit and look malnourished, you were considered, um, healthier or something. I think that's kind of worth looking into. And the other thing, um, about that, I have been seeing a lot of stuff recently about seed oils and that basically obesity started taking off, especially in the United States. Once, uh, once these seed oils were introduced into the diet, and the, and people were making good points. They're like, they, you know, working out was not necessarily a thing like it is today and having this like gym obsession or calorie counting obsession or intermittent fasting obsession, like things like that weren't really a thing. And people looked, they looked good. They looked nice. They weren't, you know, dealing with a lot of these oh. chronic health issues that we have today. So I think that's something to consider also. Especially considering everything we eat now is just horribly processed. Yeah. Yeah. And also back then there was pe people were working physically harder. There was people sitting around watching telly eating junk food and pizza and crap. They were out there in the fields picking stuff and growing food. Have you, right. I mean, obviously not everybody, but generally speaking. Well, that, that was the, that was the thing. There was an image back then that it, you didn't have to have a shit job working in the fields because you had enough money. You didn't have to you know, exert strenuously every day, like the poor, yeah. you know, crappy social levels. You were, you were, you yeah. were, had a higher status. If you could have a little meat on your bones, you, you was, it was a, just a way of showing that you were better than everybody else. Hmm. Yeah. You had more servants bringing you food and stuff, but I think yeah. they spent, the elite spent half their day just getting dressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stupid stuff they wear. <laughs> layers and layers of yeah. suits and <laughs> ridiculous things. They're gonna get three people to help them get dressed. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, the imagine, good old days. Imagine putting on a suit of armor. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Imagine that. wearing a suit of armor in like middle of July. Yeah, oh, man. just standing outside, that. lifting those heavy cool. swords. Yeah, unbelievable what they used to do. 
Yeah. We got it pretty good. <laughs> it's I think so. Like a steel suit of armor is literally an oven. Yeah, it it was you know a hundred pounds of weight you're mm. putting on your body and then walking into battle. There's a uh, there's a professional league of uh, it's a sport now, but uh, and it's anachronism. Europe, but I can't remember what it's called. What did you, you say, Stella? Anachronism. No, 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 not those guys. Oh. Uh, there's an actual full combat medieval oh. battle league. And I fencing. can't League of no 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 not fencing. League of <laughs> League of Nations or something like that. You know, not League of League Nations. Of sword. Uh, but it's a you can watch these videos of these guys and they're in full plate mail or chain mail, and they've got wow. the these heavy weapons, and a lot of the videos you can watch, they've got a camera in the helmet. Anyway, it's country versus country, and they have different skirmishes, and there's an actual tournament that happens. I think it's yearly. And I always forget to look it up at the time because that's I um, would would really be into watching it anyway. Uh, but you can yeah. see these videos, and these guys are just lumbering at each other real slow because they're carrying so much weight, and then just whack each other with these giant swords and maces and clubs and things. And you, and it's it's so, spooky to me to watch because I'm thinking, wow, that must really have been what it was like, just doing the best you could to kind of keep your face forward and not hit the wrong person. And meanwhile, somebody else is whacking you in the head and maybe it doesn't, it doesn't hurt, but you just, it's just wears you down and eventually you just collapse and you can't get back up because you're, you just can't. <laughs> like a beetle. Yeah. I mean, it, that'd be a slow war. That's a slow war day. And then uh, it, it brings to mind the battle of, uh, there was a famous medieval battle between the English and French. It was in France. God, what was that called? It was a really famous battle, but um, the the king of England uh, won uh, because he played the terrain and was able to lure the French down into this muddy pit. And they were all in heavy plate mail and they, they, just walked into this mud and they fell over and they couldn't get back up. And a lot of the soldiers drowned in the mud because they just couldn't lift themselves out wow. of it. But anyway, so, so that will end it on a bright note. <laughs> I feel like this medieval times has misled me on what the medieval times were like. Yeah. It's, it wasn't really like that. <laughs> well, maybe we should make tinfoil suits as well. Mm-hmm to sort of in honor of the knights are we gonna mock them oh look i can walk the knights <laughs> oh i'm walking around with big i'm back and i'll bite you <laughs> right <laughs> well once that 6g comes out we might need it agreed that's what i'm thinking i was like i want it for my protection and i i'm not trying to have some laser make me lose control of my bodily functions either or <laughs> voices in my head that that's your sales pitch protects you from from six g and swords <laughs> right right <laughs> all right guys all right. let's wrap this up uh thank you justin and ashley and stella for all your news and insights and thank you all for listening i'm <laughs> keel thor and I think Justin has something else he wants to say i was just gonna ask ashley if uh she had a um website for us oh yeah we plug need to plug out there 
I do. And one other thing I wanted to throw out there to anyone that's listening, if you happen to be picking up on any weird patterns, like I think that Monica is really good at seeing kind of weird things, but sort of putting some pieces together. I think Stella is good at that too. Um, And Stella and I have kind of been talking about some of the weird zoo and aquarium and animal stories that are out there. So I'm, I, we're keeping an eye on that stuff. And I was just going to ask people if you hear or notice anything that's interesting like that, feel free to reach out to us. Um, I would love to get your thoughts and potentially have something to kind of check into and uh, discuss with the group. So that's one note. The other note is that you can find us and all of our contact information at unionoftheunknowns.com. And that includes our phone number, email, Twitter handle, all that good stuff, our Discord information. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, Stella? Stella, you have a comment? I just wanted to end on a really quick little white pill funny story talking about the zoos. I don't know where it was, somewhere overseas. <clears throat> They had to separate five parrots recently because they're all encouraging each other to swear at people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's, that's funny. awesome. I, I saw a Reddit post not long ago about uh, one of these uh, trans people complaining that their parrot keeps dead naming them. Mm. Mm-hmm. The audacity. How dare Definitely. they? All right, guys. All right. Y'all you. have a good night. Have a good night. Uh, We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. Yep. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.